For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn, people. Because you're tuned to the Ozarks' number one show about your money. Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group, will be your guide for straight talk about living the life you deserve in retirement. Prepare to be empowered. Now, here's your show me the money host, Randy Floyd. Thank you so much and welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade and I'm just here to ask the questions. But the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Randy and Jake Floyd at Floyd Financial Group. First off, Randy, how are you doing today? Very well, Jeff. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Glad to be with you here on the radio and all the people of Springfield. And Jake, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited about uh, Election Day coming up here. Maybe we can right some wrongs that we've made here. Well, I've dusted off the soapbox, and I'm pulling it over here. So, Jake, if you would just step (laughs) up on the soapbox here. By the way, you know, Halloween is over with, and my doorbell rang. I opened the door, and there was a little fellow. He couldn't have been more than seven, eight years old, something like that. He had gray hair and glasses and a little suit on. I said, who are you? He said, trick or treat. I'm Jerome Powell. If you don't give me a treat, I'm going to raise your interest rate. I gave him a treat and he raised the interest rates anyway. These kids that are really, about right. These kids are getting really inventive with these costumes these days. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that as much this week because uh, we've got a lot more things to talk about. Let's have you step up on the soapbox there, Jake. And again, the election is coming up. I think that there's going to be some blue that may turn red. What do you think? You know, Jeff, I really hope that that's the case. I think that if we don't win this Senate race, you know, that one maybe can go either way, potentially. But the House race is ours. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, there better not be any tomfoolery going on with this election results. Right. Because I think there's a lot of people that are sick of it. And, you know, I'm sick of it as well. And it would just be nice to have have a fair election and maybe right a few of these wrongs that have been made over the last few years here. We're still stuck with Mr. Biden for the time being. But that's another thing that may happen is he's talked about revealing whether he will rerun for the presidency after the midterm. So we may get that news maybe even next week, but maybe in the in the coming weeks, because that could create a really interesting situation, right. too, if he says that, hey, I'm not going to run again. Now you have a three ring circus on the left, you know, trying to figure out who's going to replace him. So, right. You know, what's interesting about this, too, Jeff, is there is this law out here that we in the financial industry deal with, and that's the Senior Protection act and i'm not sure i I think joe may be needing to uh, he needs to be protected himself yeah i think i think he (laughs) might need to be but but anyway running again i don't know he would be the oldest guy to ever run again right yeah oh for sure yeah yeah Yeah. well maybe he'll pull a lyndon johnson remember randy when lyndon johnson came on tv and he said i will not accept if i'm nominated for president of the united states again it's just that there has been you know there were such great hopes i think from the left and even they have to admit that everything is not turned out the way that they thought it was going to be. And I think it is just time for a change. And maybe Joe even knows that. I don't know. I think that the progressive left may just slip it in on his teleprompter. Say, <laughs> I will not, not be running again. Wait, what? Huh? <laughs> it's like Anchorman. You know, he'll read, yeah. any, he'll read anything <laughs> on the teleprompter. I don't want to get off on a sidetrack here, but yeah, the election is uh, coming up. And as as we discussed, there could be a wave of red. If there is, do you think that that is going to speed up the recovery of the economy and of the market? Yes, 
but painfully so. Painfully so, okay. So let me explain that. So the answer again is yes, that will speed things up, but that also speeds up the pain that we have ahead of us. So in the short term, if we were to take both houses, let's say, the big issue we're going to have is that the Republicans are likely going to want to rein in the spending quite a bit, which will fix the problem in the medium to long term. But in the short term, the market likes free money. It's like crack to the market. Mm -hmm. And if it goes through withdrawals, the only way to fix it is to give it more free stimulus, that kind of thing. Unless we just detox the market in general. And then when we get through all that, then it starts to get better. I know that's kind of a crude analogy, but Mm -hmm. um, that is really the way that it works. When you start printing all this money and the market gets used to it, it takes some withdrawals to get over it once we get to the other side. So it's kind of like spoiling a child. Once you've done it, it's kind of hard to unspoil it. Exactly. I would say that's exactly what it's like, yes. There's a lot of spoiled childs out there. I know know it's children. I just was uh, being silly. Well, Jake, I'm sure you and Miranda were not spoiled as children, were you? You know, I was a little spoiled. Randy definitely was not spoiled. Um, I was a little bit spoiled because Randy was not spoiled, probably. He wanted to try to give me a leg up on a lot of things and yeah you know i think i turned out all right i guess i'll let you guys be the judge but um you turned out i will i never wanted for anything growing up and uh you know i don't have any sob stories really about my childhood so i'm appreciative of that thanks dad (laughs) happy to do it (laughs) well i have a sob story but it's about an old sob that i used to own so i'll never buy one of those again i'm telling you Anyway, we're not talking about child-rearing here. We're talking about the state of the economy, the state of the market with Rand and Jake here of Floyd Financial Group. Are people just sick and tired out there? And what I mean by that, Jake and Randy, is that you see these little stock market blips. Are people just saying, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. I'm just going to jump back into the market. I don't care what they say. I got to do something. Is that maybe one of the reasons why we see these little stock market jumps? Yeah, I think that it's a little bit like watching a race, either like a car race or a horse race, you know. And when they're poised and ready to go, they're poising and they're poising. Well, we've been poising for like six months now, you know, and so there's all these false starts happening where people are like, oh, I was ready and we started to go and then whoops, you know, bad jobs report or good jobs report in this case, right? If the jobs report's too good, then that has negative implications because that means the Fed has to keep hiking. So it's as this kind of plays out, there's a lot of these people jumping the gun, so to speak. And I think that that's always the case in bear markets. That always happens. If you go back and look through all the bear markets in history, there's always these rallies where people are just convinced that the bottom's in and we're going to miss it. And so they get in, they buy, 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 which causes others to buy. And then at some point we realize, oh, wait, this wasn't it. Yeah. And uh, and then we go to another new low. And people have very short memories. I mean, this just happened two weeks ago, three mm-hmm. weeks ago. And it's happened five times since the first of the year with this, what I'm calling the head fake. You know, hey, oh, yeah, we're headed right. back up. And then, well, no, the macroeconomic news has not changed and still hasn't. And so, you know, there's just a long way to go. I think right now the biggest thing that's hard for people is they've become – their patience is wearing thin. Right. And so they're trying to figure out, man, there's got to be some place to go. I've got to get this money to work. I've got to I gotta start making some money and stop watching the market go down and losing money. So it's it's really a frustrating point for people. But those that are going to hang in there and be vigilant and will kind of wait, you know, it's it's gonna work out all right. Cause on the other side of this is gonna be good stuff. So. There's a lot of bad news fatigue out there too, where you know, we've been inundated for 
10 months now with negative news about the war, about Europe, about the economy, about stocks, about retirement, about everything. And so people are just a little bit now, it's like, well, you know, it's just one more thing on top of a thousand others. It's no big deal. So when they, when there's a piece of good news, they latch onto it and mm-hmm. hold it to their chest like it's a new puppy. You right. Know? And so I think that that's kind of the dynamic that's going on here. But this thing's just not over yet. There's two outcomes here. Either we beat inflation or we don't but both result in a recession. Right. And as we discussed off the air earlier, the intention is to put us into a recession with these interest rate hikes because that may be the only way to make this, you know, right the uh, ship a little bit here. We're talking with Randy and Jake here, Floyd Financial Group. Once again, if you are interested in this conversation, we are a podcast. Simply go to wherever your podcasts are and search Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake. You'll find many, many episodes right there. Gentlemen, I have spoken with other financial advisors who say that this is the worst situation that they've been in in 40 years. For those people listening to the program today, they're frustrated, they're tired of all of this. What advice would you give them to get through this? Is a plan enough to make you feel better about what's going on? Yeah, Jeff, I think so. Especially, you know, whenever we build any type of financial plan, what do we know? We know the market will go up. We know the market will go down. You know, one of the things that people aren't used to that's happening right now is if we look back over our shoulder at interest rates, in 1981, the 10-year Treasury bill paid 15-plus percent per year Hmm. in interest. Well, that was in 1981. By August of 2020, that same instrument paid 0.53%. So what we were always used to was having higher interest rates and our bonds getting appreciated as time rolled forward. So when stocks weren't doing so well, we still had our bonds. They paid us some interest and things were good. Well, now we're on the other side of that where interest rates are going up. So those that have purchased bonds are now looking at those things getting devalued because, again, over the last few years when interest rates were going down, 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 they looked really good. But now with interest rates going up, 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 they're getting devalued and the market is off. So we look at it now. We've got this double whammy where it used to be when stocks were out of favor, bonds would be in favor. Well, now both stocks and bonds are out of favor. However, we're getting to the point to where some of these bonds, people are saying, okay, you know, at 4% CDs, I can buy a 4% CD and hang on for a while. If I can get a 4 or a 5% yield on a corporate bond, I'll buy one and hang on to it for a while. If I can buy a two-year treasury at 4.5, I'll do that. So, you know, there's some stuff out there that's working, and there's some places to park money that's kind of safe and making some money. But again, long-term, you don't want to be hung up in something where you're making 4% because when the market turns around, this thing may have a 25% rally in one year, and you may be stuck there for another year or two or however long you took out your bond or whatever your term was, you know, that you took. I mean, you just don't want to be stuck there long term. So it's really, like we said earlier, frustrating, but there's some places to go. But again, back to your question, if we have a plan from the beginning, Mm -hmm. we know that this stuff is going to happen. And knowing that and building the plan around the fact that, yes, there's going to be negativity that's going to come. We also need to be positioned so that when we enter that negativity, we're protected. But when it's time to come out of that, we have options to grow money already built into the plan that was a foregone conclusion before we even pull the retirement trigger. I also think that all plans are not created equal, both by advisors, meaning some plans are better than others, 
but also individual plans vary from person to person and should vary person to person. I think that there's a lot of advisors that kind of have a one size fits all hat. Right. So like I have a pretty good size noggin and uh, so I cannot just wear any hat off the shelf. If I buy a fitted hat, I have to special order them. You know, I think that's because, you know, dad gave me too much uh, kudos growing up, you know, <laughs> my head swole up, but uh, a big brain in there too, you know, <laughs> big brain. Yep. That's a, as the kids say, big, br- it's big brain. That's anyway, what it is, um, <laughs> I do think that when we sit down with people, you know, we take an, an hour a lot of times just to get to know the person, not necessarily their financial picture, although that's part of the discussion. It's also who they are and what they want to accomplish and what their family life is like, how many kids they have, you right, know, are all right. the kids live close to some of them live far away. Do they have some kids that are estranged? Do they have some that, that are not to inherit everything, right? How many grandkids do they have? Do they enjoy spending time with them? Do they like to hike? Do they like to, you know, what do they like to do? And we take all that information plus the financial data and really work that into a financial plan. And I think that at least based on the reactions that I get from people, that's not the experience they get other places. It's usually, how do you feel about risk? Sign here. Right. And there's just so much more to it than that. Although that is a portion of what we're looking at. In order to have a successful financial plan set up, you really have to understand the person, not right. just the number on the page. And to share with our listeners a conversation that we were having before we went on the air today, I think the takeaway here and the message that people need to understand is that you do truly care about each and every one of your clients. It doesn't make any difference whether they have millions of dollars or, you know, just enough to get by. You care about everybody. Everybody is equal at Floyd Financial Group. You're listening to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake here of Floyd Financial Group. We appreciate you joining us here on the radio. Once again, if you would like a no-cost, no-obligation financial road roadmap, a retirement roadmap, if you will, a financial plan. It's yours for the taking this week. No cost, no obligation, most importantly, no judgment. To get yours, call 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233, or you can request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break, gentlemen. We'll be right back with more of Show Me the Money right here on my favorite radio station. You know what that is. It's 104.1 FM, KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Ready for a heaping helping of some more real talk? Thought so. Here's another serving of Show Me the Money with your server, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Randy and Jake. This is Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be continuing to talk about the value of a financial plan, not only for the retirees, but for their family. That is right, Randy. And I want to start off with something that I think a lot of people do not have, and oddly enough, and that is an emergency fund. A lot of people don't know how much they should have in an emergency fund. Some people say three to six months worth of spending. What is your advice when people ask you, Randy, how much should I have in the bank for an emergency? You know, I think you're right, Jeff. I think somewhere between three and six months myself. I probably keep three to four months worth in just a checking account for myself personally. Mm -hmm. And I'm always wanting my clients to be sure they have ready cash to run to, you know, because you never know when the roof's going to leak, the car's going to break, or who knows what it is. Or maybe your kids have a challenge and they need some money. You know, you just never know. That being said, I do think that there's some flexibility there because we have a lot of clients that are conservative that have had a lot of money in the bank for a long time. And we have clients that really aren't comfortable unless they have two or three or four years 
year's worth of expense in the bank. And while I think that from a numbers standpoint, that might be a little bit excessive, a comfort level with that might be more important to that client. That's That kind of rolls back to what we talked about. What's important to that individual client? And I think if you are not spending more than you're making, then you can obviously afford to have some of that money dormant, if you will, where you know it's there's kind of feel good money is what we like to call it meaning we've had this here a long time maybe it's a you know maybe you run cattle and maybe it's your farm operating kind of account and Mm -hmm. you know you never spend all that money and it just kind of goes up there but it makes you sleep at night because you know you have it if hay gets really expensive like it did this year or whatever the case may be but i think that goes back to individualizing all these plans and really understanding who we're making a plan for and making that work for them Well, whether you have three months or three years of emergency cash, how would you keep that? I mean, Randy, you mentioned the fact that you might have it in a checking account. I don't have a checking account, or I don't see a lot of checking accounts, I should say, that pay much in interest. Is there a preferred place to keep cash that gets little interest but is also totally liquid? Yes, Jeff. There's lots of places to park money, you know, and make it readily available. I mean, you can have it, you know, in your checking account. You can have it in a savings account, a CD. You know, there's lots of places that you can put it. And there's lots of places to keep liquid money. But if you're looking for safe, reliable access, I'm going to say, you know, you need to keep it in the bank in an account that's readily available for you to tap and to run to. Just knowing that, like we've talked about in the show already today, that investments are not always going to go up. And sometimes it makes sense if you're pulling money out of your investments to maybe slow down on that and maybe use some cash that is not currently depreciated under the current financial situation that we're in. So there's just a lot of reason and a lot of room to have that money sitting there. And again, we always have to look at, like Jake said, there's the human side of this thing Mm -hmm. and there's the dollars and cents sense of it. And those sometimes, you know, aren't exactly the same thing. And so I want people to be comfortable. That's the number one thing is that people are comfortable so they can retire, enjoy their life and have some fun. And cash and cash equivalents, that that is an important part of a financial plan. We're talking with Randy and Jake here of Floyd Financial Group. We were talking also, and I can't believe this, and Jake, I want you to comment on this, the fact that even in today's environment, people are still racking up tons and tons of credit card debt. That just seems to be opposite what you would want to do, right, Jake? Yeah, Jeff, I think that it's unbelievable the amount of debt people are racking up right now. You know, the the big banks out there keep talking about how healthy the consumer is and all this kind of thing. Well, if they're so healthy, why are they racking up credit card debt at 30% interest variable? You know, I think it's just astonishing the lack of understanding people must have to what that's costing them over time. You know, I mean, if you if you keep racking up that and you go out to eat, like you said before, at uh, Olive Garden or right. Chili's or Char here locally, right. you know, and you leave that on the credit card and you rack up three or $4,000 worth of debt doing that, and then it takes you three or four years to pay it off at minimum payments, you're literally going to pay $100 for a really nice dinner at Char. Right. But you're going to end up paying six or $700 for that dinner over time. And was it really that good? It probably was not that good. Uh, I mean, Char is a great place. Yeah, it is. I don't know if it's worth six or seven hundred dollars a meal. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to pay a hundred bucks for one of those little onion ring towers there. But anyway, you're right. People are charging it up like there's no tomorrow, and that is, I think, part of any sound financial plan is to address debt. Is that something uh, when you have these meetings with people that you go over the debt? Do you make a concentrated plan to get that down as quickly as possible? 
We do, but a lot of our clients are pretty conservative in nature, and we, mm-hmm. we often see people that have zero debt of any kind that come in here. I would say okay. probably 50 or 60% of the people that come in owe $0 and zero cents on anything. So they don't owe anything on their car. They don't owe anything on their house. They don't owe anything there. Now, we do have people that have quite a bit of debt, and we can help figure out the best way to get that under control. Right. But, you know, being that a lot of our clients come from this radio show, you know, they're you know more conservative by nature that kind of thing. Right. They may buy cars with cash, but for those people who do uh, buy cars on uh, time or they finance them, better to maybe pay a payment and a half, something like that, or if you have a mortgage to clear up that debt. Yeah, Jeff, I think it makes sense to maybe pay that stuff down faster, but it kind of depends on what interest rate you're paying, right? Right. And where we're at market-wise. So like right now, I would definitely not be looting my account at a depreciated number after the market's been down out of an IRA so that I can pay taxes to pay off my car. That's not a good financial idea. But again, everybody's a little bit different and that's something that we can talk about in here. Another thing that goes into the financial plan is when we're taking withdrawals in retirement off of our retirement nest egg, you know, we've saved our whole life and now it's time to start taking distributions. You know, what's an appropriate size of that withdrawal? That's one of the things we talk about with our plan. And uh, that has to do with how comfortable you are with risk mm-hmm. can go into that. Also, what your age is currently. So like one lady we have that comes to mind, you know, she says, hey, you know, we want to retire. I'm not a big spender, but right after I retire, I want to buy an RV and that's going to be my play money. That's what I want to do. I'm going to be very conservative about how I buy it. And, you know, I'm not going to spend a big one, but I want to be able to have that chunk money as opposed to having another five or $600 a month coming in. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's one of those individualized things. And we're like, okay, yeah, we can make that work. So we figure that into the plan and adjust the withdrawal amounts. And so that's just one way, just so people can have an idea of what I'm talking about. That's one idea. Some people like the idea of being able to spend more now when you can enjoy it, knowing that I'm going to have less later. And depending on your guaranteed income as well, pensions, Social Security, you know, we have people that are like, you know, I want to spend it pretty quick over the next 10 years, and then I'll fall back on Social Security and my pension because I have enough there to live on. Yeah. Also, you know, one of the things we did with another lady I had in here recently, Jake, that was retiring, she said, you know, here's my bare bones bills. This is what it takes to feed me to keep, you know, the insurance on the house, keep the taxes paid and all that, and, you know, just everything I need day to day. And then she says but I want $2,000 a month travel budget. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know, so, you know, that's just kind of how things come into play sometimes. So, right. like Jake said, everybody's different, and so we're trying to always find out what's important to people and then meet them where they are and put the plan together. We enjoy the challenge of the individualized plan, too. So don't ever think that, hey, if I go see Randy and Jake, they're going to try to screw me down on this tight budget, and they're not going to allow for this and that and the other. That's actually not true. You come in, you tell us what you're looking for, and we'll get as close as we can, if not exceed that, depending on the situation. That's exactly right. We're talking with Randy and Jake here of Floyd Financial Group about withdrawals in your distribution phase of your retirement. And that brings me to the 4% rule. You know, that's been around for a long time. You can take 4% off the top there. Is that a rule that needs to be, uh, you know, killed and buried, do you think? Well, let me say this, you know, for a while, it was even down to like the two and a half percent rule <laughs> is what right. they were calling it, because as interest rates got lower and lower and lower and, you know, people in retirement used to always have bonds and things in their accounts, they had to lower the expectation because bonds were just not paying like they used to. 
you know, as we discussed earlier in the show, you know, we went from 15% on 10-year Treasury bills to 0.53. And then, of course, we've seen a lot of market volatility over the last, you know, 20 years. We've seen three or four big batches of market volatility. So across the country, planners and large financial companies had kind of screwed that down to 2.5%. Here's what I will tell you. A properly structured plan will easily support a 4% withdrawal with some uptick for inflation looking forward. We will tell you too that uh, many times we will set people up with a 5% withdrawal out of here and we don't use what I would call the tools that a lot of people use and that is where we put riders on annuities and things like that to guarantee income. We just want to go out and build a portfolio that will make money to support what we're going to withdraw. And we know how to set up plans where we can get that 5% and maintain it for many, 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 many years. And we usually do a plan to 90 or 95 Mm. is what we like to build plans out to. We're talking with Randy and Jake here at Floyd Financial Group about your financial plan. The takeaway is that you really do need a financial plan. This is not one of those things that you can do by the seat of your pants. And for those people listening to us today, we're offering just that. If you think of retirement like climbing a mountain, and let's call it like Mount Kilimanjaro or something like that, it's going to be really hard if you go out there without the proper tools and do it on your own. But if you have a financial Sherpa, that is somebody who's going to come along with you who has done this before and done it successfully, climbing that retirement mountain is going to be a whole lot easier. So think of Randy and Jake as your financial Sherpas at Floyd Financial Group. If you would like to talk to them about being your guide up the mountain of retirement, call 417-889-7233. Get in and sit down and begin that process of getting a financial plan. No cost, no obligation, and no judgment. 417-889-7233. Or you can do it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Time to take a break, gentlemen. We'll be right back with more of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Back with your financial catch of the day, and it's a big one. Here's more Show Me the Money radio with your host, Randy Floyd. Welcome back to Show Me the Money. I'm Jake here with Randy and Jeff Shade. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about what it's like to transition into retirement. A lot of clients ask us what that's like. Yeah, and it's not the same for everybody. And a lot of people think that getting into retirement, well, it's the end. It's the end of a big portion of my life. And it is the end of a big portion of your life. But look at it this way. It is the beginning many times of the best portion of your life. And I think that you find, Randy and Jake, and correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of people come in, they just have no idea what they're going to do with the rest of your life. And I think it's important to consider the lifestyle aspect of retirement. It's not just stopping working. What advice do you give to people who say, I think I'm going to have enough money, but what am I going to do with my time? I think, Jeff, one of the things we like to say around here is we want to help you retire to something, not from something. Right. And I really think that that is the essence of of what you want to be thinking about when you go to retire. It's not so much, I'm going to stop working. It's what is stopping working going to allow me to do that I cannot do while I'm working? Because, you know, you you have to have a sense of purpose. What we don't want is for people to retire and go home and sit on the couch and watch 12 hours of Netflix a day. Right. And, you know, if you do that, I promise you, you will not be happy. Mm-hmm. And your health, in a lot of cases, will go downhill because you do not get up and move around, that kind of thing. Now, we have lots of people that retire from one job 
but that doesn't mean they're really retired. So let me give you an example of that. There's a lot of clients that we have that work a job, you know, that maybe maybe a manufacturing job or something like that that's 40 to 50 gusts of 60 hours a week recently. So you retire from that, but oh, by the way, I still run 100 head of cattle at my mm-hmm. farm at home. Yeah, well, that's not exactly going home and sitting down doing nothing, you know, as any farmer will tell you. You know, I think there's a perception among people who have never been around cattle that, well, we go out in the morning and we feed them like the dog, you know, <laughs> and, and then they're good until evening. It's hard well, work. That, it's, it's a little more complicated than that. And right, um, right. so retiring from the day job in a lot of cases, gives people more time to do the other hobby job or farm or whatever. In fact, most people, I think, that have a successful retirement, what they will tell you is they say, I don't know how I ever had any time to be working. Right. You know, because I have so much to do now. And not necessarily that they're putting that on themselves, but there's just so many opportunities that open up when you have a flexible schedule, things you can do, time with the grandkids, people you want to see, charity work, church work, you know, whatever it may be that drives you. And you you have to have something that gives you a sense of purpose in life. And Jake, I think I want to throw something out here. You know, as I work and most people know on here that I like to ride bikes a little bit. I swim a little bit and I run a little bit once in a while. And as I do that now while I'm working, I get up at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And so I go out and I do that. But I'm always kind of under the pressure of knowing that, uh, you know, once I get my hour and a half in and then I sit down and drink a little coffee and have a little breakfast and get cleaned up and, and go to work, you know, I'm kind of under a schedule pressure. So one of the things that I'm looking forward to in my retirement is, is to get up and be able to go drink a little coffee and then go out and enjoy my ride knowing I don't have to show up to work or my swim or my run, you know, that I can relax after that and sit and talk to my wife on the back porch, right. watch the birds fly by, watch the squirrel run down the fence row, <laughs> right? And all that sort of thing. And if you were set up for a 30-minute run and you feel good, you might just go for 45 minutes right. because you have no time pressure. And, you know, you can sit there and enjoy it. And I think that's a really good illustration of what retirement is about. It's being able to do the things that you enjoy or, or want to do without the pressure of knowing that, hey, I got to be at work in the morning or be at work in this afternoon or whatever. And a lot of people have bucket lists. I mean, things they've wanted to do their entire lives. They've just not had a chance to do them. This is a great time to do them in retirement. And, you know, some of those bucket lists involve you being active and moving a lot. And I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, retirement or not working really comes in stages. You've got your, you know, go-go stage in the very beginning, and then you've got your slow-go stage, and then you've got your no-go stage. I would imagine that you (laughs) maybe want to, uh, you know, stack some of those things like bike riding in the running and traveling the world, maybe you want to adjust your financial plan to be able to afford to do those things in the beginning of retirement. And that's why it's so important that we understand who it is that our client is. And how can you possibly design a financial plan without knowing those things, right? That somebody who likes to do triathlon, like Randy, for example, mm-hmm. who's in really the best shape he's been in since his 20s, probably right now. Yeah. You know, how is it that that person's plan that does something like that should be the same as somebody who wants to go to Europe for a month at a time and visit museums and things like that? I mean, it just makes no sense that their plan would be the same when their goals are so different. 
We're talking with Randy and Jake here at Floyd Financial Group about what your retirement plan is, what your retirement lifestyle is. I want to touch just briefly, Randy, because I find it fascinating, and I know that we used to talk about this. We've sort of moved on a little bit. But, I mean, in retirement, you're not in retirement yet, but here later on in uh, life, you embrace this physical fitness craze. How did that come about, and why did you do it, and why is it so beneficial for our listeners to know how good you feel? Well, you know, that's a really good story to tell. And in fact, I, I'll I'll take the next four hours and, and go over that with you. <laughs> no, honestly, what happened was about really about four and a half years ago, something like that. Jake had been cycling and doing some stuff for a long time with triathlons and stuff like that. And so one day he says, you know, you got to get a bike and go ride with me. So I said, well, okay, so I'll go get a bike. And so I went and I got a bike and I get on this bike and I'm riding out from the house with Jake. I'm following right behind him. We get down the road. I'm telling you, literally a half a mile. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, I don't think I can do this, Jake. I'm not sure that I can. You know, what I had done, Jeff, was not that much different than a lot of people, and that was I had gone to work. I stayed active for a while, but then I got really into work. I worked a lot of hours and just didn't exercise and sat behind a desk and drove up and down the road in my car and ate some greasy food and, you know, all those sorts of things. And then so one day when Jake kind of got me going, I'm like, man, this is really hard. Anyway, he said, oh, suck it up, buttercup. You'll be fine. Get in here behind me and let's go, right? So anyway, so I go on down the road. We got like a two-mile ride in, and I'm like, well, okay, that hurt. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure... He says, well, you need a good pair of biking shorts. Okay, let's get that. So we got some biking shorts. But the long and the short of it is I got started doing that about four and a half years ago. And I noticed that I started to feel a little better. I was moving a little easier. And I got to thinking, you know, hmm. So I got my wife walking with me as well. And then we just, I entered my first little triathlon race, a little short thing. And really what it amounts to now is I just don't feel quite right if I don't go out and get exercise. I just feel so much better mentally, my out outlook is is more crisp, more clean. It's just, I just feel better overall after I've gone out and had a little physical exertion. And um, I'm just the better for it. And I think anybody that has embraced, you know, walking, doesn't have to be that you want to go out and do a marathon or a triathlon, just moving around and keeping your body flexible and able to move will prevent you from having injury. And I think just give you a better outlook on life. Yeah, this is a time for you to take care of yourself. And as we've mentioned before in the program, a body that stays in motion is one that's going to be a lot healthier. And I think you mentioned, Randy, you went to the doctor and the doctor pointed out to the trainee that was with them. I mean, this is a guy that normally we see people having deteriorating bodies and his body is really fantastic. Was that about how that story went? Yeah, it was just about like that. I'm a little bit of a stocky build. I'm like a tree trunk. You know, Uh I'm kind of like a stump. I tell people I'm kind of hard to tear up and hard to knock over. But <laughs> he said, yeah, he said, based on your BMI, they would say that you're overweight. He said, but you're obviously really not overweight. So he says, you've got a lot of muscle mass and, you know, for your age, you're in great shape. So I felt pretty good about that. So the bottom line is in retirement, you should take care of yourself during your working years. You've been trying to watch out for everyone else. This is a time for you to concentrate on yourself. Retirement is also a great opportunity for you to share your 40, 50 years of working experience with other people in terms of getting out and and volunteering. Do you find many of your clients are actually mentoring or doing any volunteer work to share their experience with uh, younger people? Yeah, we find a lot of that, and we see a lot of that through church, uh, where we attend church as well. There's a lot of life groups and programs there, and we've, we've made a lot of acquaintances. What's really great is, like you said, after you've been out working, you know, 
30, 40, 50 years, and you've been in, in a profession for a very long time, you may not feel like it in the beginning, but you really do have quite a lot of knowledge to impart. And there are those that are willing to listen. You know, unfortunately, most of us have to learn by the school of hard knocks, right? We have to, <laughs> we, we don't take advice very right. well. We have to experience it for ourselves. I know I did my share of that for sure. But yeah, we find that that is something that is very rewarding because for those that are willing to take that advice and parlay it with their own experience, they can go way down the road. And, you know, and we always want our kids to do what? Do better than we did. We right. want them to stand on our shoulders and jump off from there, not start on their own. And my wife has said, I hope you never retire because I don't know what I would do if you were in the house all day long, you know, five (laughs) days a week. And that's a pretty valid point. I mean, spouses, they've gone, you know, 30, 40 years without seeing each other for eight, 10 hours a day. And probably it's a good idea for you to find something to do to keep uh, out of each other's hair, do you think? Maybe so. You know, I, it's one of those things that I don't know. You know, when I leave, in the, I have to say this, and I'm saying this on the air, I know, you know, when I leave in the morning, the thing I'm thinking about is when do I get back home to Lisa? That's so I'm, right. I mean, I'm, that's just, <laughs> and I've been that way for the last 41 years. <laughs> and I, I spend 20 hours a day usually with my wife. So, yeah. uh, you know, she works here in the office. Now I'm not right with her all that time, but I mean, we see each other every hour for most of the day, sleep next to her at night. Right. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would be like if I didn't see her for eight yeah. hours a day. Well, you guys are the exception. I mean, those are some true love stories. And I mean, I think of, I, I think a lot of people would love to be in that situation. Maybe they're not, but all the best to you. We're talking to Randy Jake here, Floyd Financial Group. What are you going to do in your retirement? You've stopped working. Now you've got this extra eight, 10 hours a day. How are you going to spend that time? You shouldn't just sit on the couch because as Randy's pastor said, you just get weird if that's what you do. You've got to find something to take up your time so that you can contribute and have a purpose in retirement. And that is part of your retirement plan is what's your purpose going to be when you retire. To talk about that and other aspects of retirement and get your no cost, no obligation, no judgment retirement plan with Randy and Jake, call 417-889-7233. 417-889-7233. You can also request your complimentary retirement plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break, gentlemen. We'll be right back with the final portion of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good, because it's time for more Show Me the Money with your financial Sherpa, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And to wrap this up today, Jeff, we're going to talk about the five steps. And, you know, what does it look like when we come in and we sit down to talk to Randy and Jake? And this is something that we cannot talk about enough, Randy. I mean, people listen to the program and they go, I've heard about this complimentary offer as a no cost and no obligation to come in and get my financial plan. But I'm a little apprehensive about doing that because I don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to sit me down and pressure me? to sign in the dotted line and charge me $1,000 just for the consultation. All of that couldn't be further from the truth. So let's start off with step one of what goes on when people come to see you there at Floyd Financial Group. $1,000, Jeff. Randy, I think that sounds like a good idea. I think we should start now. (laughs) Don't get any ideas, you guys. Come on. No, so uh, the first step, you know, Jeff, when people come in, 
I always like to kind of take them in from the front door. When you open the front door, we've tried to make the office comfortable here. We spend lots of time here, and when our clients come in, we want it to be comfortable for them as well. So this is kind of like, and, and most people would, would say this is true, that you know your second home is your job, right? right. <laughs> for most people, that's where you spend a lot of time. So we want it to be very comfortable here. So when you come in, first thing you're going to see probably is Ashley's smiling face up there to greet you and get you something to drink. And then she'll let me know that you've arrived. And from there, we will uh, go into the conference room. We, we will sit down and just really start to have a conversation to get to know you and, you know, kind of what is important to you and what you're trying to accomplish. And we call this first step discovery. As Jake had said earlier in the show today, we think it's important that we get to know you and understand you so that we can really help you achieve your goals. And so we've been doing this a very long time and we've sat with thousands and thousands of people and we still, you know, get different things that people like and, and that they don't like. And so our goal is to meet you where you are. You know, there's there's an old saying, Jeff, that I used to always rely on that I have come to the point now to where I don't rely on. I rely upon this one. The old statement is this. You know, you should treat people the way you want to be treated. Right. Well, you know, that's really not true. What you should do is treat those people the way they want to be treated. Good point. And if you think about that a little bit, it'll change your perspective. Because what I want may not be what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it's very different in many cases. So it's really important that we get through discovery and really understand you as a person, your family, and your family dynamics. Yeah, and I, I think we could liken that to simply visiting. I mean, you're sitting there. There's no obligation. You're just trying to get to know the person because how can you design a financial plan if you do not know what that person is like what their wants and needs are, and what they want to do with the rest of your life. So it is a no pressure, no obligation. Just visit, get together, and know each other discovery process. So that is step number one. We said that there are basically five steps in this process. What is step number two? Step number two is analysis, and many times this will happen during the same meeting toward the tail end of our discovery meeting. And analysis basically is just this. It says, okay, this is where we've worked. This is what we've done. This is what we've saved. This is our 401k. This is money we have in savings. You know, all these sorts of things. We start to really analyze just exactly where people are. It also includes a current analysis of the investments that they currently have to see how they're doing. There's this thing called a risk-adjusted return, Jeff. And what that basically says is, you know, for the risk that you're taking in your portfolio currently, are you being rewarded adequately? Or could we get you nearly as good a return? Or maybe in some cases, we even see a better return with less risk. And so that's where the analysis part of this comes in to really see where you are now. And then based on what we learn about you through the discovery process, see if we can develop a better mousetrap, if you will, in a plan that we would create here at Floyd Financial Group. So that is analysis in this five-step process. Next comes, I think, the planning process, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's correct. So once Jake and I have sat down and we've kind of gotten to know you and know what's important to you, we know what we have to work with. We go out now and we build a spreadsheet and we look at what kind of returns we have to have to support your lifestyle and the income that you want to have. And then we develop a plan from there. And then once we have that plan put into place, we come back and we set you down and we talk about that plan, describe it to you, show you how it works, show you where your income is going to come from, show you what happens if markets have a downturn. How does that affect you as it would 
would the general market? How is your risk profile different? How is it less than the general market? Because most of the time when people are retired, we're going to be in a more conservative stance because we cannot afford to take big, heavy market losses when that comes along. Now, we're going to have some. I mean, markets are up, markets are down, but we're going to have risk mitigation tools in place. And we go through that plan. And then from there, we tweak it, massage it a little bit and work it out to where it works for what you need so that you can go ahead and retire. So again, when you when we come in there that day and we talk about the planning process, it's not that we've set something in stone. We're going to talk to you about it, make sure you understand what we're doing and why, talk to you about the investments. We find many times people have never really been educated, if you will, on what their investments are and how they should be performing. So we want to make sure we take time to do that during the planning process. And I want to point out too, and you mentioned something very important there, Randy, is that your clients are active participants. I was asking a neighbor about her financial plan and she said, I don't know, my investment advisor takes care of all of that. She just doesn't have any part of the planning process. But really, your clients are active participants. You go back and forth to make sure that you're doing what they want and they have a say in this too, don't they? Absolutely they do. I mean, after all, it is their money, Jeff. Right. <laughs> you know, it's their so money. We're here to, Keep it that we're way. We're here to help facilitate that. <laughs> right. But sometimes, you know, it certainly seems like, you know, people say, well, it just seems like he's kind of talking at me and I don't really understand that and this scary money stuff and, you know, this, right. that, and the other. And so we try to take a little time. If we're guilty of anything, it's probably that we take more time than we should explaining. Sometimes people will kind of go, okay, yep, I've got it. That's good. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. yeah they <laughs> want to be polite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's good that you understand that and good that you understand where the people or where the clients are coming from too. But, you know, you do your due diligence and you are there to answer questions if they do have questions about anything. So, so far we've talked about the discovery process process, the analysis. We just got done talking about the planning process. Okay, everything sounds good. Finally, we've come to the conclusion that we're on the right track here. What is next? So the next thing is implementation. How do we actually implement the plan that has been laid out? So for most people, you know, they have never retired before. They've never worked through, you know, taking their 401k and moving it into an IRA, taking their, maybe their lump sum pension plan uh, and converting that to an IRA. They've never filed for social security before. They've never filed for Medicare. They don't know about how to get to Medicare part A, part B. They don't know if they need a supplement or if they need an advantage plan. You know, all of those things, they don't know what their taxation is going to look like because taxation in retirement is generally much different than taxation while you're working. So (laughs) all that stuff that we just talked about during the implementation phase, we take the reins and make it easy for people to work through those transitions. Because again, most people only do it once in a lifetime and we do it four or five times a week in here and have been for years. So for us, it's second nature and we know right where to go and how to facilitate that. It's kind of funny sometimes when we're making a a phone call to maybe roll a 401k over to an IRA, I'll sit there and I'll tell the client ahead of time exactly what the person on the phone is going to say because I've (laughs) talked to those people at Fidelity or wherever it is so many times, I know exactly what they're going to say before they even Mm -hmm. say it, you know, and it's kind of comical to see people's faces sometimes. (laughs) So yeah, this is not your first day, right? It's not not, not my first day. So, but we want to make it easy and then get income streams all set up for people so they know exactly when they're 
your money's coming in. We can withhold the taxes if you'd like for us to, so that you don't have to worry about wow. coming up with tax money at the end of the year. So when we talk about implementation, we're talking about getting it set up, getting through the process, getting you a regular paycheck, getting your tax documents mm. to you. And then, of course, that's going to lead us to the final step. Yeah. And the final step is going to be follow up. This is not just set it and forget it. I mean, you check in with your clients. They check in with you. How does it work? Yeah, the monitoring process is basically, so when people come in and we've had all of our meetings and we've implemented the program, we've got them set up with income, about 90 days out, we're going to set up their first review. And so the review is, you come back in, we sit down, you ask any questions or if there's been any issues that have come up, you can address those with us. And generally there's not, everything goes really smoothly. But what we want to make sure of is that we're communicating and that you're looking at your portfolio, you know what's going on with your money, you kind of see where we are in relationship to the market because we want you to develop a feel for your retirement plan. And you will over time. You'll just go, okay, well, I know based on what's happening out there that this is probably what's happening with my money. But I also know that we got some risk mitigation steps in place, so I don't have to worry about it. It's kind of where we want people to get to, mm-hmm. right? Right. So you'll learn that over the process. You know, after we have our first 90-day meeting, we will schedule our next meeting. Some people say, well, you know, I don't want to see you for six months or People say, I want to see you in 90 days, and that's great. We have people now that see us every 90 days. We have people that see us every six months. We always like to have at least one annual review with people. And sometimes, though, we got people that have moved to another state. We do those via Zoom meeting, teleconference, however we need to. But the monitoring of the plan is as much for the client to know what we're doing, what we're thinking, and we also want to know what they're thinking and how they're doing. Do they need a little more income? Are they not spending all the income we're sending? Once in a while, we find people that stack up money in a savings account or a checking account Mm-hmm. and they've paid taxes on money they didn't need to. So we want to make sure we're looking at all aspects of the plan. We want you to have all the money that you need and all the money that you want, but there's no reason to pay taxes prematurely because once you give it to Uncle Sam, when do you get it back? <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, they'll hold on to it like a pit bull with a steak or something <laughs> like that. We're talking with Randy uh, Floyd and Jake Floyd here about their financial plan, their five-step plan at Floyd Financial Group. So it's discovery analysis. We've got the planning and the implementation as well as the follow-up. That brings me to my next question. I think people listening to this program are going, well, all that sounds great. They really do it all at Floyd Financial Group, but I have a 401k. You know, I've had it my entire working life. I've had it 40 years. I'm worried that I do not have enough money to come and see Randy and Jake at Floyd Financial Group. Is that a valid concern? No, it it really isn't. At this point, we have enough staff here, and Jake and I are able to, uh, we've got systems set up to where what our main job is, Jake and I, is to talk to people. That's what we're here to do is to sit with people, talk with them, all of the minutiae behind the scenes, the getting of the paychecks, the withholding of the taxes, all those sorts of things. We have software systems and people that we can farm all that out to to make sure all that gets done very efficiently. So our goal is to sit with people and see how we can be of help. And sometimes people come in and, yeah, they're young. They don't have a lot of money right now, but what they're looking to do is get on the right financial path. And we're more than willing and want to help people do that. And sometimes they're they're maybe 20 years into maybe a 30-year job and they're 10 years or 12 years out from retirement, or maybe they're, they've been retired a few years. You know, we have people in all stages of life and no, there's no minimum uh, requirement for people to come see us. We always know this, you know, if we can't help 
help people, we generally can always help some way we can better. But, uh, you know, if there's nothing we can do for you right now in the future, we've got a new friend. You've got a new friend in us Mm -hmm. here. We're willing to help whenever we can, however we can. That's what we're here to do is to help people. And we know this. If we help and take care of people, then, you know, our business will grow and flourish. And that's what we want. If you're listening to this broadcast right now and you're thinking, all that sounds great, I want to get in touch with Randy and Jake of Floyd Financial Group. Do not hesitate to call 417-889-7233. It's 417-889-7233. Get and sit down with Randy and Jake and talk about your individual climb up that retirement mountain. They'll help you get there as a Sherpa would. 417-889-7233. Or you can also request your complimentary, no cost, no obligation, no judgment retirement plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Gentlemen, out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time. Most of all, I want to thank our great listeners right here in the Springfield, Missouri area for joining us every week. For Randy and Jake, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend in this great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk.